morning, church. Good morning. All right, great to see you guys this morning. Anybody watching online? Hello, hello. Got the web fixed, I think, so you can watch us again. So, um, so God gave me kind of a kind of a keyword today. The keyword is. God said the key word is unlikely. 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 I don't know. It's just what does that mean, God? Well, I think I think it's a, it means, you know, a lot of things you see people do things because they're unlikely. I think God loves the unlikely. You know, like for me, I'm an unlikely worship leader. Like you wouldn't think of like a worship leader like me. You know, I'm more like an accountant or something like that. You know, <laughs> but that's but that's what you know. God didn't didn't see me as unlikely. He saw me as likely. Like when I met Jack, Jack was unlikely. And I said, you're a what? Still am. You're, you're a pastor? It took me a year to get over that. So, so two years later, he finally dragged me into church as an unlikely piano player for a church. And then eventually I became a likely worship leader. But it took years to kind of finally look through at myself through, through God's eyes instead of Wayne's eyes. It became likely. So, so the, the word for you guys, I mean, I mean if, you, if you, there's something that you want to accomplish and God's telling you that this is what he wants you to do, then you're likely. Don't see yourself as unlikely. It's not just in church. It's outside of the church. You know, be likely, look through God's eyes, and, and, and those things will happen. Because there's so much stuff in the Bible that shows the unlikely characters. David, Gideon, all those folks were unlikely heroes in the Bible. Through God, it's all possible. Through his amazing grace, it's possible. Amen. All right, let's open up in prayer. Everybody, please stand. We're going to open with prayer. Lord God, you know, we just uh, want to welcome you in this place today, Lord. You know, we just want to, we just want to humble ourselves and open our hearts and our minds, Lord. We just want to, we just want to hear what the words that you want us to hear today, Lord. And, and we want us to be likely, Lord. We want us to, to take the unlikely and make it likely through your eyes, Lord. In everything we pray, amen. Amen. All right, you guys know the song. This is Amazing Grace. Everything through Christ is amazing. Two, three, four.
back to that bridge and I want to hear your hands together just like that. Let's crank it out. There you go. Everybody now. Let's go. All together. church. Uh, we're going to shout out his name to the rooftops, y'all.
As we stand here, we're still kind of playing. We're still in an attitude of worship. Right now, um, just uh, just throughout this uh, room, I have people who are just kind of struggling with the whole fact that they are, you are really His. And um, and so I, I just God just wants to tell you right now, you're here for one reason, and that's just to know that you are His child, that He loves you dearly, that you've got a lot of hurt, you've got a lot of pain, you've got a lot of sorrow, you've got a lot of frustration in your life, but that you're His. And you need to know that. So what I'm going to ask is that um, we're going we're to rock it out one more time with sh shout. Um, we're going to sing chorus one more time. So I'll, um, I'll shout out your name from the rooftops. And then we're going to end mellow with that. And we're just going to move on further. But I want you to sing it like you mean it. I want you to sing it like you know you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, give the Lord some praise. And let's just tell him about that today. So, so I'll shout out your name.
Amen. Lord God, I just give you praise for who you are and who we are in you. And God, just be with us through the rest of this time. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. What a way to start, huh? Anybody wait? What a way to start. Um, welcome. Welcome to Haven Community Church. We're glad you're here today. Excited, excited about what God has for you. Um, I just kind of get a feeling that God's got something special for you today. That there's, there's a spirit of God that started here last week um, in the midst of the service that has just been flowing over. So hope you came ready to get what God has for you today. And um, I'm excited that you're here. If you're visiting with us, welcome. I don't believe you're here by mistake. I believe God's called you here for a purpose, and he's got something really special. A um, couple announcements that we have. If you are visiting, hopefully you received a card from one of our greeters, and you can, um, you can drop that in the offering plate right now. Or if you want to, and you can hold on to that. You can take it right to the back table out this door over here and go ahead and um, hand that in. We have a small gift for you, thanking you for uh, being our guest here today. Uh, for those of you who want to sign up for membership in Haven 101's class, we move that from next week to the following week, so it'll be October 26th. If you have any questions, you can, all, you can email at connectionministry.org, at, at havencc.org, if you'd like to do that. It's in there. Um, again, you can check on some of the other announcements that are there. Our um, Wednesday AM small group is really rolling along. They're doing some awesome stuff. Uh, Dining for Women, you can check out that on the 23rd. And I also have a couple clipboards here. I'm going to start. You guys always get gypped off. I'm going to give you started here in the middle. Just make sure it gets over there. And this one is for um, the rotating shelter that we will have. Um, I believe that's in February, correct? February 23rd. So uh, please sign up for those. We're collecting supplies and some other things. Uh, also, last week, we had about 50 people who were here for the showing of anonymous people and um, gave us an opportunity um, to have uh, Pastor Phil Meekins come and share with us, too, about some really awesome stuff that is occurring in helping people uh, with addiction and just refocusing on that. Um, if you're, there will be, in the next few meet, uh, weeks, there will be a meeting or so that for people who are interested in connecting to that and um, in dealing with some other things. So if you're interested in that, um, you can connect with uh, Jill you can, or Shelly Bordley uh, primarily. I know Shelly's away this week, so um, we want to make sure of that. Also, just keep everyone in your prayer. That's one of the main things you can do during the week, right, Debbie? Debbie uh, Chadwick, raise your hand, Debbie. Um, Debbie is our prayer coordinator here. If you are not on the prayer chain or the prayer list and you'd like to be, go ahead and... Um, you can see her email uh, uh, for the church, prayer-groups at havencc.org. She'll make sure you get on that list. And if you have a prayer request and you're here, underneath the uh, sconces in the back, you can fill that out, and I will share them in a bit. And also, um, if you're on, watching on a part of church online today, thankfully, um, through uh, lots of painstaking effort by Jim, and um, uh, we, we're back up online. We were afraid we weren't going to be this week, but we are online, so welcome Church Online. And if you're on Church Online, you can go ahead and get on our website, click on there, and leave your prayer request, and that'll go right to Debbie. She gets that out, and um, we've seen some awesome prayers that have been answered in our meantime. Um, most of all, I want to also pass this around. One of the things our um, 
Sunday School Shoreline Ministry has, is doing Trunk or Treat. Um, and that is, uh, uh, excuse me, November the 1st from 7 to 8.30. And um, it's all kinds of good candy. We have volunteer sign-ups for anybody who'd like to be involved in that. And you know your kids will love having a good time. And they might even give you some candy or some other stuff too. All right? So I'm going to pass this one around. I'm going to start this on this side. Please make sure it gets to all areas. And um, we'll have that. Okay. Um, what I want you to do real quick, I'd like you to just look at somebody around you, say hi, go ahead and greet somebody, welcome them while we're here, just say hello, all right? <clears throat> while I get a drink. Mm. All right, uh, we also have some, it's always good to fellowship with each other. It's really cool to connect with people, and I, I love seeing people outside when you run into people. Hey, I know you from all the way over there and that kind of good stuff, but we have some prayer requests. The Russell family is praying for Nancy Primalta, who is battling breast cancer. Um, Melissa has a friend that was just diagnosed with a melanoma, with melanoma, excuse me. Um, Joanne Edwards um, Praise Joey is moving into his house this week, and thanks for all the prayers for help and prayer for protection and guidance. And congrats. Uh, that's awesome. Good stuff. George and Pam Grable are asking for prayers for granddaughter Elena, um, who touched a hot pellet stove and got a second-degree burn on her left hand. Um, so we want to lift her up in prayers as well. Ron Mears, prayers for my father's health. Um, please end my son's well-being and my wife's patience probably with you, right? No, just joking, but we definitely want to do that as well. Um, Jim Legullo, your dad is recovering from his second brain tumor surgery, correct? Um, and prayer for healing and the end of cancer. So how many has he been through? The second one? Two? Okay, and is he recuperating fairly well? Okay, what's his name? Jim. That's, I can remember that. Jim and Jim. Okay, so we'll pray for that. Um, someone asked for prayer. Uh, please pray for me. I am going through a lot of financial family problems, and I'm very depressed. Please pray that I will come through this, and um, there's no name, but God knows that name. And also just be praying for that. Um, as the seasons change, there is something called seasonal affective disorder that, um, a, that really seems to hit even more so during this time of year as we come through. So be praying for everybody in that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now just asking for your Holy Spirit to be very present with us today. We know that you're already here and already moving in a mighty and powerful way. And so, Lord God, as we continue with this worship service, just empty us out and fill us with what you have for us. God, I know that there are so many issues that are around this room. I know that there are so many concerns, so many joys, so many just elements of life. Yet, God, you know that as we work through these processes of called living, that you're there with us all the way through this. And God, I know sometimes we're just completely unaware that you even care or even in, involved in any part of our lives with so much stuff going on. But God, help us just stop. Just stop what's going on and just focus on you. We're told in the scripture that Satan's a roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. And Lord, sometimes we just feel like lion bait in this world. 
Whatever it may be, God, just send your Holy Spirit to just guide us, protect us. And if it's just for this time that can get us through the rest of this week, God, let us just be amazed by your presence and, and your love for us. To let us know that we're not alone, but we serve a God who is mighty and powerful. And when the world comes crashing in, that you're, you're the one who holds it all together. And so, Lord, as we give here or online, may we use that, those finances and those service gifts of people who, who make the weekly church happen. May we use those not for our glory or for us to, to say, look at us, look at us, look at us. But that when people look at Haven Church or when they look at each other and when they look at me, that they don't see me, but they see you, God. It's not all just about being right here and right now, but it's that through the rest of this week that somebody will come to know you. Use these gifts to further your kingdom and around the world, God, to meet the needs of so many that are hurting. And God will give you the praise for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
like Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. I know I don't look like him. It would help, wouldn't it? We have been working on a series, or going, working through a series called Stand. And um, today we are going to wrap that series up. And we're going to wrap it up with a discussion about standing firm. And um, it's a... It's another, a lot of this series, I kind of, when I started working on it, I was um, working on it, and I kind of got, um, like, there'll be times where I'd say, I don't feel like I'm going anywhere with this personally, God. I, I'm, I feel like I know what I want to say, but I don't know whether it's translating to even me. And then God just kind of took a lot of this and just kind of did something pretty awesome with it um, in, in my life. I, I don't know with you, but I, I've seen just like, I think over the last couple of weeks, just some of the worship that we've been experiencing in this place has been, or online, has been pretty incredible. And um, I think God just wants to continue that pattern and roll and giving us something, something awesome and strong. And really, as I look at the life of Daniel, which is really this series, as we check out the life of Daniel, what I see in that is that's exactly what this is about. It's about that even though the world continues on and on and on and throws a lot of stuff at you, that Daniel, and in this case, as we talk about today, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, really go ahead and continue to remain steady and strong. And they, they have this incredible experience because of standing strong for the Lord. And so today... Um, we are going to talk about standing firm, and if I had to add an addendum to there, or subtitle, it would be standing firm in the fire, stand firm in the fire. And uh, what I realize in saying that, I look around the room and I realize that there are several of you uh, who are going through a lot of trials, that are going through a lot of fires in your life. Um, as... Uh, as I heard a pastor many years ago say something, he said that life consists of this. You are either heading into a trial, in the middle of a trial, or coming out of a trial. Uh, and sometimes we feel exactly like that. So I guarantee if I ask anybody in this room, are you heading into a trial, you may say, I hope not. Um, 
am I in the middle of a trial? You say, oh yeah, I w- wish it was ending. And if you're coming out, you're probably saying hallelujah. Uh, but some of us are somewhere in between that. So one of the things that I think we, we deal with is that as Christians, a lot of times, many of us feel like we should have no problems. That, and I think that was wrongly shared in the years of the prosperity gospel where people shared, you follow Jesus, you're going to have more money, you're going to have more, um, more joy, more everything in your life. And if anybody has been in my journey with Christ, it has been anything but. Um, and it, I think in life, that's part of this fallen world. And we end up with these things. And even though I may say, if anybody ever tells you, hey, follow Jesus and your life will be perfect. You'll have no problems. You'll have everything together. Um, tell them they're a liar. You can do that. How can I tell you? Because Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have what? Trouble. Travis Tritt song, T-R-O-U-B-L-E. You will have trouble. You like that, Chris? It was originally done by Elvis Presley. Look at that. <laughs> if I ever go on Rock and Roll Jeopardy, I am taking Chris. I've decided that. Don't but stand in line. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's right. We'll have to share him. But uh, trouble. Did you have trouble in your life? But then Jesus finishes that off but says, take heart because I have overcome the world. So I'm not sure what it is for you. You may be going from one fire to another. You may be going from financial fire to financial fire. Like, for instance, you may have remembered when you got your tax check back and you said, awesome, this is going to be what I needed to cross over and get out of that situation. And then then the heater dies. Bam, there it goes. You're like, I'm back there. Or you may be in the midst of something else. You may be in a health-related fire that you've gone ahead to the doctors and you've gotten the worst news you ever possibly could. And you don't know how to get out of that. You may be in a relation, relational or relationship fire where it seems like it's just constant turmoil. And anytime you think it looks good, it's bad. It may be a relationship at work or you may end up with an occupational fire. It just may be that your life feels like you're in the midst of a smoldering flame time and time again. Whatever it is, the question that I want to ask today and we want to struggle with is what do you do when you're in the middle of the fire? And in doing so, I want to share this first verse with you from 1 Peter chapter um, 1. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the world. Think about that. These trials will show your faith to be genuine. So our key thought for today is this. And I didn't leave a blank. Well, yeah, I did. I think I did. Um, But this is your key thought for the day. And your key thought for today is this. A faith that is tested is one that can be trusted. A faith that is tested is one that can be trusted. So today, we're going to go back to the book of Daniel. Now, the last couple weeks, we've kind of followed Daniel's life. We started when he was 14 or 15, a teenager, and he was put in captivity. He was dealing with 
a king named King Nebuchadnezzar. A section we did not touch on was a chapter about handwriting on the wall with a guy named King Darius. We skipped over that. We got to another area where he was in his 40s. Then last week we shared an area where he was in his 80s, getting later in life and dealing with a third king, Belshazzar. Now we're going to go back to the teen years, Daniel the teen years. I feel like I'm, I'm doing a VH1 special or something, Daniel the teen years, um, behind the music. And here he is, and with Daniel, we're not going to talk about Daniel today. You say, but I thought this was the life of Daniel. Yeah, it's, a, it's the book of Daniel. We're going to talk about his three buddies, his three buddies that we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which were their names that were, they were changed to. They are about somewhere 14, 15, or 16 years old. And as I introduced King Nebuchadnezzar a couple years ago, I mean, a couple, it seems like a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago, King Nebuchadnezzar was a very evil person. Remember I said, King Nebuchadnezzar, and what are you supposed to do? Boo, right? You're supposed to boo. He's a real evil guy. And so here we come to chapter 3 with King Nebuchadnezzar. And I'm going to read chapters, uh, verse 3, verses 4 through 6. So King Nebuchadnezzar decides to go ahead and make a golden image. And it was pretty big. It was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. That's pretty big. How, many say, how tall is this building? Anybody know? Anybody want to guess? Anybody have an idea? 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay, so three times that. And what's 9 feet? About double me? That's about how wide it is. So I don't know where this guy's compensating for something in his life. You can figure that out. But he's building something really, really big and real, real wide. King Nebuchadnezzar, an image of himself. And he decides to say this. He decides to say, hey, I want everybody to worship this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to gather everybody around. We're going to have a dedication service. And in this dedication service, um, he's inviting all the government leaders, the advisors, the judges, the magistrates, and everybody to come. Now, keep in mind, remember what they did? They took those who were captive, the brightest, and made them leaders in the area. That was from week one. So here's what happens. He has our herald yell this. And it says, then the herald, a herald shouted, people of all races, nations, and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown in to the burning, blazing uh, furnace. So, anytime, is this on? Give me a little keys. Now, that was you, and you heard that. Everybody had to, I'm going to get you to try this. Stand up. Come on. Here we go. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. So, I have made a great statue to King Nebuchadnezzar, all right? And anytime you hear any music, I want you to stand up. The rest of the service, I want you to stand up and bow down. Ready? So, oh, you are all in the furnace. You're supposed to be bowing. Bow. Bow to... Bow. Okay, there we go. Have a seat. I'm going to test you throughout this service to make sure you're awake. We're going to see how many people are ending up in the furnace. So this is the situation. And they're at a dedication. Has anybody ever been to a dedication of something? I've often thought if aliens came from another planet and saw us out there, they would say we were the weirdest group of people ever. We stand around 
people who are important stand around and give little speeches, and we have somebody else who has something to do with it. They say something, and then if it's a boat, what do we do? Hit it with a bottle. If it's a building, we take out these big scissors that we can't use for anything else. We cut a big ribbon that isn't really doing anything at all. It's just there. And everybody goes. <laughs> now add to that, oh, all this kind of stuff. You have a fanfare for a statue. And people are like, wow, okay, we got to do this. Dedications are really, really interesting. I actually went to one this week and I thought it was pretty interesting. So here's what we have. Music is played. They have to do what? Bow down. And in doing so, those who refuse are chucked in the fire. Now, if you look further in this section of Scripture, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. And if we look about verse 12... We find out, but there were some Jews, what happened, some people came to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, but there are some Jews whom you've set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the golden image. What we found out here is when the music played, everybody stopped what they were doing and bowed down. Now, there's tons of people there, but... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there's so many people that they didn't see the, them in the back they were, or in the front, wherever they were. They just didn't bow down. They're standing there. They're standing out like a sore thumb. They refused to do it. So what we end up having is we move further on here, and this gives our situation where they are getting ready to be thrown in to the fiery furnace. And what we're going to talk about again today is a faith that is tested is one that can be trusted. So I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a bad day? All right. Anybody have a bad day this week? Okay. I'm going to show you some pictures to show you some bad days. I did some searches on the web. Are you ready? Let's look at number one. Don't put your doggies' treats in a fishbowl. That's a bad day for him. Um... It's going to get cold here pretty soon, As you can, so watch your pipes. That's a bad day. Wow. Imagine you come out to work, and that's your, your car. Anybody ever want to be a matador? Here you go. Bad day. Bad day? Anybody bought a Mac computer lately? Bad day. Got to watch those candles. Um, this one I had to put up. I'll just put it up and it'll stand for itself. Norwegian hunter Mrs. Moose shoots man on the toilet. That's a very, very bad day. And on the way to the funeral home, this is what happened. Bad day. Can you imagine the conversation? I thought you were supposed to secure it. I thought you were supposed to secure it. Oops. Bad days. Anybody had those bad days? So, well, you might be close in some of those areas there. But bad days are ways that I think that we get distracted. We get off. Some of us may say, 
Jack, that seems like my life there, a bad life. But in this story, we have an account of three teens facing the worst day of their life. They've been taken captive. They've been put in charge of things. And what I find out is there are things that occur in our faith that when we have trials and when we have fires, there are seasons of difficulty and suffering. But what happens is God is utilizing those areas to show his greatness. I believe as I started the service that you are here for a reason today. You may not have been here for a while or never have been here, but God has brought you here for a reason because he wants to speak something to your life. And so what we're going to do with the remainder of our time today, we are going to focus on some qualities, three qualities of standing firm in faith. Number one, as we look at this account, what happened is, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided they weren't going to be thrown into the fire. They, they were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace rather than bow. So what ends up happening is uh, it's a bad day for them. And what we find out is from them is faith obeys God instead of following people. It's the first thing we see. Faith obeys God instead of following people. We look in, cha- in chapter 3, verse 16. And we read this from the New International Version. We're going to swap back and forth between several different versions. But you can see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. What had happened was they were accused of this. They came to him. He said, tell me, defend yourself why you are not doing this. And they pretty much say, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not even going to worry about addressing you on this matter. You know, when at very face value, we look at this and say, you cocky little jerk teenager. But I, what I see in the midst of this is they have some, some swag where we get a, from swagger. They've got like a little bit of cockiness in their faith, not in themselves, but in their faith. They go to the point that they said, hey, we aren't even going to, this is a non-negotiable. We have talked several reasons um, that they had a non issue on this. You know what they didn't do? They didn't post on Facebook, if they said it there, hey, here we are. Um, I'm going to give you my opinion. I'm going to go ahead and say, should we bow or should we not bow? Um, What do you think? Uh, Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. If you like it, let me like if we should stand or if we should drop, if that's that way. No, they didn't go and pray about it. Did you realize that? They did not pray about whether they needed to go ahead and stand or not stand. What they did is they had what we've talked about in the series, a predetermined plan and commitment to be obedient to God regardless of the circumstances. For them, there was nothing in their life that they were going to change in place of worshiping God. Nothing at all. Now, what I find interesting about this is they could have done several things. They could have begun to do as I tend to do, and as probably many of you tend to do as well. They, begin, they could have begun to rationalize and justify their overall behavior. For instance, they could say, well, we're not in Jerusalem anymore. 
when in Rome, or in this case, when in Babylon, do as Babylonians do. What happens in Babylon stays in Babylon. They could have said, well, you know, they're just asking us to actually give honor to the king. We're not asked to renounce God. So maybe if we just go ahead and you know, it's not a big deal. We're not saying, oh, God, we don't worship you. We're just saying we're, we're being honorable to the king who's in charge here. Or they could have said, well, the one that we like to do, and this, this sounds like a teenage mentality, everybody else is doing it. Why not me? It's interesting how some of that teenage mentality carries on into our adulthood. Am I right, adults? Or they could have said, you know, it's only this little dedication. Dedications don't take too long, maybe about 20 minutes. So This is a bigger one. It may take an hour or so. If I just do it, it'll be over. The bowing is just a little bit of time. We'll get through it. They could go ahead and justify, surely God understands. God's got to understand. You know, it's, it's a difficult life. Some things going through here. They could say, man, you know, if we don't do this, we could lose our jobs, and that would be financially destitute for us. I got to go ahead and, and deal with that. Or they could just go ahead and pretend and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bow, but we're not going to focus on the idol. We're just going to focus on God. We're going to bow say, okay, God, we're worshiping you. Nobody else will know, just us. You know, because my relationship with God is just between me and him anyway. So it's all good to go ahead with that. But they didn't do that. They had a predetermined commitment and plan to obey God and follow him. As I kind of alluded to early in today's service... If you want to follow God, Satan, your adversary, will provide you with so many means to compromise your faith in, in Christ. You will leave here today and there will be an opportunity to compromise who God has called you to be. You will go to work, I will guarantee you, tomorrow morning. Or you will leave and go somewhere and you will have an opportunity to compromise your faith and commitment in Christ. There are so many of us who are going through bad trials in life. And there's so many reasons that we give and justify not to obey God. And I want to share some of those with you. Some of the ways that I feel like people give reasons to not obey God, number one is from apprehension. We're apprehensive. We don't, we're kind of like, eh, you know, I know God wants me to obey him, but I'm not really sure about that. Will God have my best interest? In Matthew chapter 16, verse 23 through 26, it says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will, for my sake will save it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? A lot of times, what I mean by this apprehension is that I think that at times, many of us were apprehensive because we know how our life works, and it may not be the best for us, but we, we trust in how it's going to understand. Don't worry, you never heard a baby cry before, it's all good. The apprehension that we experience makes us at times not want to deny what we think is best for us, but deny what God has for us because we're apprehensive about connecting to what God has in his plan for us. So we say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and shift that and stick with what I've got. So that's one reason. The next reason that I believe is that we are arrogant. Look at the person next to you and say, arrogant. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 3b, it tells us this. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest with your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. You ever just look in the mirror and just say, wow, there's a lot that needs to be cleaned up. I mean, is anybody? I mean, you may not even want to look at the mirror. You may just like look at your life and just say, why am I existing and doing this in my life when I know it's bad for me? But you know what? I know who I am. Yeah, God created me, but tough. I've, I, I know my life. And we have this arrogance. Rather than looking at ourselves and saying, you know what? I think of myself a little higher than I could. Sometimes we look in the mirror and say, I am good. I've got this down. Ooh, let me tell you. I look good. I feel good. I got it good. I'm good. And then somebody comes and convicts you of something in your life by the basis of Scripture, and you say, hey, I'm good. You're not. I know you. I'm good. We have this arrogance that exists with us, and the scripture tells us, hey, be careful of that. But I think one of the biggest reasons why we don't follow God is this last one, that we're afraid. There is a part of us that is just really afraid in life, afraid of what tomorrow has, afraid of what today has, afraid that people will find out what we, are, we really are, who we really are. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So when I look at this in our lives, I realize that when we fear, we are actually doing the, we're, we're keeping ourselves away from what God has given to us, a, a spirit of power and authority. There are several times in my life where I've been through some really difficult fires and trials. And I look around the room, and I know some of you have dealt with your own fire and trials in your life. And by doing so, I want to share with you some things in those fiery trials in my life. And as I look back, many of them had to do with serving the Lord in church situations or parachurch situations. As I was looking at that, there was a time in my life when I was um, dealing with some struggles personally and even wondering whether I wanted to continue in ministry at all. And in looking at that, there's a lady who's probably watching online right now. You saw her in the anniversary, Linda Seward. I called her because I recognize she's a prayer warrior. And I was struggling with some things. I had some people that were getting ready to Send me where I, I felt like the Apostle Peter. Send me where I did not want to go and lead me to where I knew God had not called me. And so I went into this struggle. And in the midst of the struggle, I was praying and I was frustrated and I was aggravated. And the Lord led me to this verse. This verse that said, come to you from Isaiah 55. Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without any money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good 
and your soul will find delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. And so it goes through, I, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David, etc., etc. Then it gets down here in verse 6 and it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. And you got to recognize this is a time in my life where I didn't know where God was. I was listening for him, looking for him, and I couldn't find him. And I was fed up, fed up with him, fed up with church people. Fed up with people who thought they were Christians and who acted anything but that. Fed up with people who were part of church administration who had degrees but no heat of the Spirit. And seeing, as verse, seek the Lord while he may be found and call on him while he was near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thought. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And our God for he will freely pardon. And then this verse leapt out to me. And it was interesting. While I was reading this and struggling with this, and I was ticked off at God. Anybody ever been mad at God? I've got a laundry list of times I've been really ticked at God. Linda called me and gave me this verse, and it was right when I was reading this. I got to this area of Scripture, didn't want to read this, because I knew enough of the Bible that I didn't want to get to this next one. Because this next one is a tough one. This next one stinks. This next one makes me want to punch God. It's this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Anybody happy with that verse? You know what that's like? It's like your parents saying, because I said so. I never liked that. From the child's side, I love it as a parent. Because as a parent, you know what that is? I give up. But you're not going to know I give up. I'm calling on my authority of bringing you in this world. Right, parents? Stop arguing with me. You're not going to win it because I'm pulling out the trump card. Because I said so. Because my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts higher than yours. As rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering it and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. And then he said this verse. When I'm still ticked at him, this verse comes up in chapter 12. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown and everlasting sign. I read that, and I didn't want to hear that because I'm in the midst of the thorn bush and the briars. I'm in the midst of the fire of my life. I don't want to hear about the mountains and the hills breaking off into song because what I'm thinking they're going to break into is taps because I'm done. I'm done in my life. There's been other situations where, where Melissa and I... We're going to have a child, and all of a sudden, we're celebrating that. We announce it in a church. People are excited about that. And then that, just later that week, we lose it in a miscarriage years ago. And trying to figure out God's purpose in the midst of that fire stinks. And some of you are going through all kinds of fires. Some of you have been to a doctor's office and got the worst news ever, and you've got a terminal disease, and you say, you read something like this and say, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And you say, you're darn right they're not because I'd fix this if I were you. 
and you're wondering, God, where are you? Where is this goodness of God? Or you've been struggling with an addiction issue for years, and you say, where are you, God? And he says, I'm going to bring this about. I am going to utilize the fire that you've been in. I didn't cause it, but I'm going to utilize it to show people how awesome I am and how much I love you. He's going to take your relationship issues and make them new. You see, when Linda went ahead and called me with this verse, I was furious at God. It was right from this Bible too. I didn't want to look at this. But God changed my heart. The pains and the fires of today will be used in your life to bring hope and love to others and show them the goodness of God. Faith in the fire obeys God, not others. Number two. Faith believes, hopes, and trusts in spite of what we see. It's interesting to me here, the verse in 17 says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Isn't that cool? They say, you know, I believe and I know my God is able. He, my, my God is able to rescue us, your majesty. You see, there's a difference here. So many times in our lives, we know God is powerful, but we don't realize that God is willing. In your fires, God is willing to pull you out of it. God is willing to utilize that. The difference is big if God is powerful and willing rather than God who's just powerful. No matter what your situation is, if you, when we have a fire, our faith needs to rise. So many times in life I see people who have a fire or a trial in their lives and their faith tends to crumble rather than rise to the occasion that my God is able. If your bank account is dangerously low, first of all, get some of that spending together the best you can. And then trust that your God is powerful and able enough to do something with it. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I would dare say that in our... In, here in this room, there is so much doubt. But that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's able to do exceedingly more than you ask in his name. I've run into so many people who once they got hold of, God is able and powerful. It's changed their lives. But then all this leads to a big question. And I know it's one that you're probably mulling around in your heads right now. It's one that I deal with a lot. What if God does not do what I believe in him for him to do? Right? You know somebody who's sick? You pray for them to get well, and they die. You ask for your relationship to be restored, and you make a commitment to Christ, and it ends in divorce. What if God does not bring that back? You, you have prayed for your child, your wayward child, who is, wants nothing to do with God, somebody who's hurt, you prayed for somebody in your family who is so wrought by addiction, and yet it seems that they go further and further away from God. Leads us to number three. Faithful obedience is our responsibility. God is responsible for the results or the outcome. Faithful obedience is our responsibility. God is responsible for the results 
or the outcome. It's our job to do two things. Be faithful and obedient. How it's played out is God's business. Look at what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in verse 18. In verse 17, they say, hey, the God whom we serve is able to save us from that fire. But in verse 18, but even if God doesn't, we want to make this clear to you. We will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you've set. That's faith. That's a strong, firm faith where we get to a point where we say, I know my God is able, but even if he doesn't, He's still my God. I know that God can and is powerful enough too. But if not, I'm cool with whatever the results are. That is a difficult place to be. They promise they will never serve him. What happens next in this is so amazing. Nebuchadnezzar gets so mad. He orders the fire to be heated seven times hotter. He says, wrap them up in and bound them and throws them into the furnace. It was so hot that when the soldiers got close to throw them in, it burned them up and they died. That's hot. Anybody been near a fire? And you, you know that point where you feel it? Or you've been there with kids and their marshmallows and the flames are flying around your head and you're doing that kind of stuff? He heated so much that they died, that those died. They were thrown to their death but God. You are in the midst of whatever fire you are in. Hear this. But God. You are in a relationship situation that is dead and dying and broken. But God. You have a illness that is affecting your life, whether it's addiction or whether it's, um, whether it's cancer or whether it's some other kind of thing that is taking your life from you. I'm here to tell you, but God. You have engaged in all kinds of lifestyle and all kinds of other things. You have been so hurt from your childhood that you can't possibly love anymore. And when you've tried to love, you've been hurt worse. And so you put this little callous part around your heart. But I'm here to tell you, but God. And when we recognize but God, something happens that's incredible. We look at Nebuchadnezzar looks. And in verses 24 through 25, it says, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of that fire. They answered and said, yes to the king. True. He said, look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. No matter how hot your fire is, but God. Four men were thrown in. Now, I find it really interesting that the scripture tells us they didn't burn up. They didn't get singed. They came out, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, some of you remember the days where we had lots of smoking in restaurants. All you had to do, if you went to the bowling alley, what'd you smell like? Smoke. You had to kind of cut it out like this to see where you throw your ball sometimes. Am I right? It was so thick in there, the smoke that existed. They did not even smell like smoke when they came out. And I want to tell you, they weren't touched or singed, but I want to tell you, from reading the scripture, there was one thing that burned up. They were bound. 
they were bound and captive to what to these people but when they looked in they saw four released hear me today everybody listen right now hear me your fire that you're pleading with God to pull away from you just may when you don't ignore it and don't suppress it and don't justify it and don't use all those other things that we talked about arrogance and apprehension if you just are in the fire and you face that fire with the son of god that fire may be just the thing that god wants to use to free you from that bondage if you just stand firm with him some of you are just beginning in this season of suffering in your life And maybe that thing that God is pleading with you is the thing he wants to release you with. God will use anything for his good purposes in your life. King Nebuchadnezzar had a change of thought. He said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god but their own god. In your fire, you need to praise, in your relationships, praise be to the god. In your fire of health, praise be to God. My God is able, what he does is his business, but praise be to God. I'm going to give my life to him No matter what happens, that's God's business. I know what people say I am. I know who they think I am. But guess what? Praise be to God because I'm his. And when I do that, what ends up happening is all the kingdom begin to see the glory and the praise of God. Why? Because a faith that is tested is one that can be trusted. I don't know about you, but in my life, if I needed somebody to pray with me, I want Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want somebody who's a teenager. That you can't get teenagers to do anything half the time. Right? I'm like, hey, feed a dog. Three hours later, the dog's like licking out of the toilet. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, feed a dog. Uh, it's their job, their job. No. You know what? If you don't hear anything else I say, hear this. God is able and powerful enough. But if not... And if, you're, if not, he's still God. In the midst of your fire, guess what? And I look around this room and I see fires. And last week as we saw lions, I saw some healing going on in there. You know why? Because even in the lions, Dan, he's God. Even in the midst of your fire, he's God. And even if my last breath happens this afternoon, he's still God. And so... Get on up. Get on up. And to serve and worship a God. I'm going to ask that you pray with me right now. As the lights dim and just get still before God right now. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Daddy, thank you God for your word. 
Forgive me, God, for being the rest of the people who bow down to the image at times in life. That there are so many things I bow down to in this world. Rather than being Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, having that predetermined plan and commitment to you that say, no matter what it's going to cost me in this world, you're God, and I'm going to, nothing's going to change that. I'm going to put my obedience to you above following others. I'm going to believe and hope and trust, even though what I see looks bad. I'm going to obey, doing my responsibility, and God, I'm just going to do something that I really have to do anyway, whether I want to or not, is just to go ahead and recognize that you hold the future, and I can't do anything about it except just love you. And right now, as our heads are bowed, there are so many people around this room right now that are going through significant fires and trials in your life. You know what they are. You know them even more than I do. The only one who knows that any better is God. And he's not saying, hey, enjoy that fire on your own. Because if you look around, you may not see it, but I'm here to tell you, he's in the fire with you. He wants to release the bondage that you have in the midst of that fire if you'll trust in Him and stand firm. How many of us here are willing to say, God, I'm not asking that you deliver the trial from me. I'm asking that you, that you deliver me through the trial. That's what happened. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not once prayed, God, take us out of this. They said, my God is able and powerful and He's able to save us. He brought them through the trial. So say to him, be with me during this hurt. Be with me during this struggle. Give me and help me develop the right character. If that's you, and you want that in your life, just raise your hands where you are. Just raise your hands. There you go. I see them. Hands going up all over the place. Just saying, God, get me through this, not from it, but through it with you. That's awesome. And our fires help us remind that you are good. That you haven't changed from where you were the healer and the savior of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There are also some here who have a hurt. And you don't know Jesus. Jesus understands trial and fire. Hear this. He understands the trials you've gone through. So much so that he was born for one cause, and that was to die. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he pleaded with his father, take this cup from me. But if you can't, and I have to take this to fulfill and bring all these people back to you, not my will, yours. Scripture tells us that he accepted the cross for the joy set before him. And that joy is right now for you who are here today and those watching online. That the scripture says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's you. If you feel that way today, say, Jesus, I surrender and say yes to what he's calling you to do in your life. If that is what's happening in your life and you need to say yes to Jesus through those hurts, just raise your hand. Just hold it up really high. I see him. I see those hands. Awesome. 
and just bow with me now and just repeat after me. Nobody prays alone. Pray this with everyone who raised their hand or everybody who's together. Father, I need you. I've sinned. I'm asking you to save me. Jesus, I believe you died, paid my penalty, and rose again. I receive your grace today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me new. And as we go through this trial together, I won't worry about tomorrow. I won't even worry about today. Because in those fires, but God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate the Lord today. Let's celebrate him as we worship further today. I'm going to ask our, our um, prayer warriors to come up front, the three of them, if they'll come up front, some of our, um, our prayer coordinators. Just come here. Use this as a time to pray. You've got fires. I know some of you have been sitting here today trying not to focus on the fires that you've had since you're a child. I know some of you are today are trying to not focus on the fires that have kept you bound and captive for days and months and years. Come here and let somebody pray with you. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you in a perfect way so that those bounds that men and women and people put on your life, from the point that you were a young child, let them just fall off so that you can recognize you're His child and you can be free. And if the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen. Come to the Lord.
again, it's, it's really kind of cool. Just the last couple weeks, God's just been just moving, and, and, I, and I'm feeling what you're feeling. It's really weird. I'm, I'm feeling people who, who are abound going to the furnace. You, you got me? You, you see, you, you're starting to feel the fire, but it's not a, a, a pleasant fire. You're, you're feeling the bondage, and you're like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't believe it. I know he's able, but he's not. He's just not. I've trusted in him before. I trusted him to heal my hurts. I've trusted in him when people, I, every time I trust in people who I love, they let me down and buy me more. But he says, hey, I'm not somebody else. I'm God. And, and, and I, I got a feeling of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going, and this song is perfect for that. They were standing. They didn't bow. They stood with arms high and heart abandoned. They made a commitment that God was going to be their commitment. And so today, here's what I'm going to tell you. God is able and willing to free you from your bondage. He just wants you to take a stand for him today and say, I'm going to stand. So you may not want to walk up here, afraid somebody will see you on TV or wherever it's on. That, that's fine. But what I want you to do is get hold of somebody next to you. As the Lord leads you, let the Spirit move around this room and say, Hey, I'm going to stand with arms high and heart abandoned. I don't want this bondage anymore. Look, I'm so excited. I'm spitting all over the place. It might have a Pentecostal fit here in a bit. Because the Spirit of God is here and wants to pull that bondage away. Look, I almost got Debbie on that one. Stop living bound. It's not working for you. It won't work for you. Because the Son of Man, the Son of God came to set you free. Don't leave here today in bondage. Let the situation of that fire be met in contact with the Son of God and watch that bondage fall. So we're going to sing that verse again a couple more times. And I want you to not only sing it, I want you to live it. I want you to reach into that dark spot in your heart and stand with arms high and heart abandoned. Before that person did that to you, before the person said something to you, before you got engaged in that practice, before you had that relationship that stole all innocence from you, before those things happened, you were free. Let Jesus love you and reset you free again. Let's go. with arms high and heart abandoned
for that one. That one person says, all right, God, if they sang that one more time, then I'd let it go. You know who you are. And so we're all going to sing that one more time. So I'll stand, just real mellow. I want to hear you sing it. I want to hear you sing it. To the people northeast are going, what the heck's going over there? So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. I'll stand. is yours. This week you're going to have fires. As soon as you walk through this door you're going to get a fire. It's going to be blazing. All you are is His. That's all you need to be. Amen. I hope throughout this series you recognize that it's not just about a thought process. The Christian faith, the walk with God is not about a denomination. It's not even about a church. It's about standing in a relationship with Jesus Christ and standing together. They all stood together. All right? Everybody good? All right, that's awesome. Hey, it doesn't end here. If you want to pray, we'll be around, right? We hang out here. God doesn't leave when the lights come on. He said, let there be light. Last time I checked. So have an awesome week in the Lord. Realize we got about a little over two months left in this year. Pretty amazing, huh? And so we got some really cool sermon series to be with, but most of all, recognize Jesus loves you. Find somebody, high five them, knuckle punch them, visit or tell them, glad you see them. We love you. And let those chains fall off you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just the way it is. You are.